all throughout the first reading and from the reading of the Hebrews, there's a lot of a lot of priestly language and a lot of priestly allusions throughout the um, the letter to the Hebrews. And in fact, I could remember shortly before I was ordained, we have to to make a canonical retreat before we're ordained, uh, like a usually a week long silent retreat. And I do remember that um, the the priest who was our spiritual director at the North American College, he he kind of recommended meditating on the on the letter to the Hebrews because of how how important priesthood is within it. And I think I mentioned to you um, all the other day. It's it's so funny to me sometimes how such a small event sometimes could have such a um, profound impact. I, I was literally over at that uh, retreat for priestly vocations. I was only there for like two hours or something like that, but just even the, the, the things that were said just within the scope of that short period of time um, had an influence. And, and I believe that I told you all here at Daily Mass this, but uh, I guess it bears repeating on a day like today. But one of the funny things that had happened at that retreat was uh, Archbishop Sample opened the, the questions to the men there discerning the priesthood and uh, but he opened them up to us as well so any questions that they wanted to ask him but then any questions that they they asked any of the priests or seminarians present in the room and so um, one one of the young men asked me what my confirmation name was which just seemed like a I, I was kind of surprised that he asked me that question I don't I don't know why it was on his mind or maybe he I don't know maybe he'd heard the story before or not but uh, my confirmation name is Melchizedek and and the reason, I mean, it's an unusual name for any kid to pick as their confirmation name. But my grandfather's given name, my grandfather who I was named after, his name was Peter Melchizedek Julia. So that was his given middle name. And uh, he died well before I was born. He died when my father was only about 20 years old. He was 46. And many people had told me that I was a lot like him, although I never, never had the opportunity to meet him. So at the time that I picked that name, it was mostly to do honor to my, my grandfather. But what I didn't see was the supernatural side, the invisible side of our faith, which is often the part that we have trouble seeing, that there was something that the Lord was doing supernaturally. It was kind of almost like the very foreshadowings or beginnings of my call to priesthood in many ways. And, and, I, and perhaps I told this story as well, but I still remember walking up to the bishop at the time and you know usually hold the note card for the bishop so he knows what the confirmation name is of of the candidate and uh, he said melchizedek it was like question mark and so he just he just thought it was so unusual to see that name and um and so who knows maybe even in his mind that moment um he thought oh this guy's probably going to be a priest someday um but it's kind of an amazing thing because it talks much about the call, but that you're called from among just normal people, really. You know, it's just, it's just men called from within just the flock of the larger flock of the Lord are called to serve. But I think it bears repeating that even though some people are called in very unique ways, either to the priesthood or, or even in consecrated life, called to unique aspects of vocation, just as those are called to the married vocation, I think it's just important that we impress on all of ourselves the biggest thing that every one of us are called to first 
before we're even called to our specific vocations, which is what we call the universal call to holiness. That before anybody is ever even called to any specific vocation of those three vocations that we believe in in the church, we're all called to be holy people, to be followers of God and to sanctify our lives by living virtuous lives. And that's the most important first step, is to be called as holy people and to raise other people in our lives, raise children in our churches as holy people. That's one of the, but I don't, I don't think that when I was a young kid, anybody ever told me about my universal call to holiness until I, I don't think I ever heard that until I got a lot older. You know, you might hear about things that you can do or what do you want to be. Um, way, way before we ever say we want to be lawyers and doctors or anything like that, we should say, what do you want to be? Holy should be the answer. And so that's one of those things that we need to remind young people is that that's really the first responsibility. And then sometimes you get called to a very specific way of life, uh, like the priesthood. And it's just an important reminder to us as well in the gospel that we see that there really is a time for everything in, in this world. I think many of us have probably seen in our, in our culture, in our society these days, um, a relatively comfortable existence in the time frame of all of us who sit in this church for the large part. But many of you are a lot closer to this than, than even I am. But my grandfather, who's still alive, is 94 years old. And he's a World War II vet, one of those that lied about his age and entered at 17 years old. But for me, World War II and much of the suffering that my grand, grandmother used to talk about, she used to talk about what they would make and what they would cook during the Depression. And I remember that. I grew up hearing those things. So I had a sense of what it was like. But I think some of our younger generations are losing a sense of what it was like for anybody to have really suffered before. I haven't suffered much in my life. But it was those that taught me and those that raised me that had, uh, that understood what it was like to be immigrant families and to have suffered in this world. And I think that we see that who knows, there might be times for prayer and penance and fasting and difficulty once again, and that's kind of what the Lord promises. He said, right now I'm with you, and so it's not the proper time, but there does come a time, and that's, that's how history unfolds. Sometimes there, there is a time for happiness and rejoicing and not fasting, but then sometimes there is a time to return to penance and uh, difficulty that we have to endure in the world until the Lord comes again. But we always endure and we always persevere under this banner of Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death. So we always move towards that, even though we might suffer difficulty or persecution. We always persevere knowing that Jesus has conquered sin and death. God bless you all today.